So the other day I was in the car and I was listening to music, uh, I think definitely from the 2010s. And you know how we like talk about how the 2000s, early 2000s have like a specific feel and a specific look and like definitely the, all the music had a specific sound. Yeah, heck yeah, well, man. Well, I think it's very true. I'm starting to realize like what the sound was from or the look and the feel and the vibe was from 2010 and like 2019, even just with like the TV shows and all that stuff and like Vine was like a super big thing during that era and so like just kind of looking back on like man like I mean as much as I love the early 2000s I kind of miss like 2010s sometimes yeah there were some cool times I think that was primarily because we were in high school and we actually were able to get out and do stuff but you know even um, early 2000s it's interesting because I've been going back and listening uh, to some things and it's weird Madden 05 like 2005 I was listening to some of that music from that playlist and you could definitely tell like oh man that is definitely 2000 because they have a good mix of hip-hop and rock and it's interesting because you can definitely tell the difference in both uh, from then to now but I, I don't know it's it's definitely a different vibe but it's weird stuff that we thought was cool back then is kind of silly now like i don't know about you i've listened to some of that and i'm like what i thought was like oh yeah that's so cool it's like that's kind of silly even i was even watching a movie from and i think it was like 2013 and i was like oh yeah like this definitely was like so cool when i watched it but then when i watched it back i was like this was kind of cheesy and that was like 10 years ago dude i can tell you though that a defining like attribute of the 2010s uh i guess if you want to call them is is the marvel movie franchise like i feel like once 2019 2020 hit like that that franchise is like dead like it was it was golden years were 2010 to 2020 and so like for me i still think 2016 was only like four years ago but it was really like eight years ago and i still think 2020 was like last year so that just puts it in perspective for you bro i still think back and i'm like oh yeah 2014 2015 oh that's just a few years ago that's been a whole 10 years ago 10 year reunion for my high school is coming up it's pretty crazy it's crazy well hi i'm chris and i'm micah and this is the donut box podcast Welcome back to another episode. We are on season three, episode 15. That makes 119 episodes total that we have done so far. Can you believe that we've done that many? 119, man. It's going too fast. This year's going too fast, but 119, man, it's it's amazing that we've been so I, I, 119. It's just it's just crazy. We're we're getting there, man. What are we gonna do for 150? We actually. You know, not that we got to start thinking about it, but it'll be here before we know it. I believe that 150 should be where we spill all the secrets. Not that there's like all the any truth, deep, dark huh? secrets, but we should just, it's its the dark side yeah. of the Donut Box podcast. We just spill it all. Because yeah. we allude to some things on here sometimes, but we kind of try to avoid certain subjects. Um I'm just kidding. Yeah, we, we won't, might as well, we won't man. do it. That, I think that would make a great 150th episode. Why not, man? Why not? Why not? Well, if you are a returning guest, uh, welcome back. If you are a brand new guest, we want to welcome you to the Donut Box Podcast. How it works is each donut is a different segment, and each segment is a different topic, and we love to kick off the podcast with an oldie but a goodie, and that's our old-fashioned donut, which is a story from our past, or... 
Today, we're kind of talking about some crazy experiences at jobs that we've had, or maybe some crazy jobs that we've had, uh, for sure. So, Micah, I'm going to let you kick it off. Man, so, if you've been listening to the show for a little bit, uh, you've heard us talk about old Boot Corral and working there. So, I actually took a hiatus. Uh, I worked at Boot Corral two different times. And in the middle, I worked at a job where I worked at the airport there in Lubbock, Texas. Now, I didn't work on the commercial side, per se, like I fueled for them, but I worked on the private side. So all the private planes and people who had their planes hangered and things like that, I got hired on as a fueler, but it was kind of a jack-of-all-trades. Like, I did everything, from ringing people out to de-icing the planes to fueling them, just pretty pretty much anything and everything that you can think of. But... Uh, you got to think it was a pretty crazy life for, for a 19 year old man. I thought it was great because they kind of gave me keys to the castle. They, the shift that I worked was 3 PM to 12 AM. So it was kind of a, a weird mid shift into the night and Lubbock is not a very big town and pretty much nothing happens at night at the airport for the most part, but they gave me the keys and they're pretty much like, yeah, so you're going to run it after we leave at 5 p.m., which employers, unless you really, really know the 19-year-old, do not give them the keys to an entire business and say, you're going to run it. And oh, by the way, you have all these vehicles at your – because you got to think, it's an airport with tugs, and uh, there's like a forklift and a – and a four-wheeler, and all sorts of stuff, and they gave access to all of that, so just not a good idea. I digress. So it was a it was a pretty good deal, and we had a few crazy things happen, though. Um, one was the weather, but we'll, we can talk about that later. I don't know if you guys know. Most people think Texas, and like, oh, it's hot, but up in Lubbock, it snows. Like, it snows pretty crazy sometimes doesn't it chris yeah we actually got snow uh the other day and it snowed in the morning and then it was done and then the next day it was 80 degrees yeah it'll literally be like that or vice versa it'll be 80 degrees one day and then it'll be blowing snow the next uh it could it could go either way but that's that was one of the crazy things um but you know all these private planes coming in We'd have all sorts of stuff happen, and we had kind of this nice lobby area, and this wasn't at the normal airport, right? This is at a different location, kind of its own private terminal, and so uh, people would come in all the time, and they would say, okay, you know, I'm waiting on this plane or whatever, and so there was this guy, and he showed up, and Again, this was not uncommon for somebody to show up and say, a plane is coming for me, right? You kind of have to know where this place is. And so he's sitting there, and he he says, you know, I got this plane coming for me. Okay, we didn't have anything on the books, right? But that didn't necessarily mean anything. And so we're waiting, waiting, waiting. And this was probably about 5 p.m., so all the bosses go home. We wait, we wait, we wait. And now it's about 7.30 at night. So it's gotten dark, and here this guy's been sitting here for a couple hours. And so we kind of was like, well, are, you know, are they coming for you and whatever? And this is when we started noticing something was weird because um, we started asking him, like, you know, okay, when are they coming and whatnot? And 
next thing you know, he starts talking about, yeah, it's uh, former governor of Texas, Rick Perry, is coming to pick me up. Him and Ted Cruz, and we're going to go, Ted Cruz is a congressman, if you don't know. And it's like, or is he a senator? One of the two. Anyways, and it's like, and we're going to go up to Dallas for this, like, fundraiser meeting and all this other stuff. And at that point, we're going, okay, you know, at if a former governor is coming in and, you know, a very high up person in our government um, is flying out, there would be a lot more attention on this. You know, there would be a lot more signs and they're the kind of people that would call in and tell us, Hey, here we're coming in and here's what we need, you know, sort of thing. And so we're sitting here going, okay, what is this guy doing? And bro, he sat in our lobby until 9 PM before we finally kicked him out and was like, yeah, it's time for you to go. And he's like, no, no, no. The plane's coming like any seconds. Like, no, it's time for you to go. And we had to call the police and get him removed from the place. So he was just a couple fries short of a happy meal, huh? I guess so, bro. And then a couple weeks later, he came back during the day uh, and said, because of course I told my boss about it, right? Like That was the first thing I told him. was like, man, there's this crazy guy. And I called him up that night, in fact, and was like, yeah, there's this crazy guy, you know, whatever. And we had taken his information because that was something else that they had trained us to do um, beforehand. It was actually a part of the airport training is if there was something suspicious at the airport, um, try to get some information from them. And so for me, I was like, oh, yeah, I had happened to I don't remember what I said, but I had happened to be able to get his driver's license and I scanned it in. Like I scanned his driver's license and sent it to my boss. And yeah, the guy tried to come in the following week with the same story like Rick Perry and it was somebody, it wasn't Ted Cruz the second time. It was Rick Perry and somebody else. I, all I know is it was Rick Perry twice. And it's like, why would you use Rick Perry twice? I don't know. Um, but that was, that was pretty crazy. And then the other one, before I pass it over to my main man, Chris over here is, uh, <clears throat> we were at that job and we had, it was me and another guy. And this FBI, two FBI agents come, like, in the suits, you know, all fitted out and everything. And they said, uh, have you seen this guy? And they had a full-on wanted poster. Like, I'd never seen an FBI wanted poster, but they had a full FBI wanted poster. And we were like, yeah, no, haven't seen him. And he's like, all right, well, you keep this and you call our number if you see him. And it's like, and oh, by the, and they were very nonchalant about this, by the way. And they said, oh, yeah, by the way, um, we just let him, he was just got let out of prison. But what he was in prison for was he was trying to make a, uh, a homemade bomb and tried to plant it under a uh, air traffic control tower. And while he was in prison, he wrote a bunch of letters and one of the letters said that Lubbock might be one of the targets of uh, one of his attacks once he gets out. So that's why we're coming around seeing if you've seen anything. And oh, by the way, he's a former pilot and air traffic control tower person. So like he knows all the lingo and he's got like all these aliases. <laughs> there was like a whole list of aliases that he went by and it's like, oh, and he's a master of disguises as well. So like he might wear a mustache or like a different hat or like a wig or something like that. So just keep an eye out for that. Nothing ever came out of that, but we we're like, oh shoot. <laughs> I just remember being like, oh crap. That's like a movie. That's like some movie type stuff, huh? That's wild. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was like, dang, bro. But that job was pretty cool, man. Other, you know, we didn't get paid hardly anything. It wasn't cool as in like the workload and stuff. But, you know, it was a, we got to service private jets and uh, I got to meet a bunch of celebrities because believe it or not, people flying from the East Coast to the West Coast will fly into Lubbock, Texas because no, like the air traffic is really low because nobody's flying around Lubbock. And um, the jet fuel prices were cheap. So they would like make a midway stop. So we got to meet Kobe. Total, total jerk. Did you really meet Kobe Bryant? Yeah, bro. He was a total jerk. I told you about this. You never told me you met Kobe Bryant. Yes, he was a total jerk. Well, don't speak ill of the dead. <laughs> well, you know, and I can't say anything. It's one of those things to where maybe he just didn't want to be bothered. I don't I don't know. But we asked So Kobe Kobe was the was the coolest one you met or maybe not the coolest one, but the most famous one you met? <sighs> I don't know sports-wise. Well, no, take that back. There was the Joe Montana story too you know about that one though so where joe montana ate my ham sandwich so there was that one which i could tell it another time um but yeah who was the other one i think the most famous person was paul mccartney when he came to town because i mean he was a beatle so i mean i guess that makes him the most famous oh that's cool I'm sure they told you, like, no pictures or nothing, huh? Oh, yeah. Th that was the first policy they told us. They said, you know, these people need to be, um, you know, they're paying extra money to be treated like another person, so just treat him like another person. And, you know, some celebrities are really great. I'll tell you this much. Probably my favorite person was Brad Paisley. Dude was really down to earth, like extremely down to earth. He actually sat there and talked with us for – his plane was delayed, and he sat there and talked with us for a really long time to the point where you're just sitting here and you totally forget he's a celebrity. Like you're just sitting here talking to him. And uh, it, it's, I think the other cool part is he slipped us all hundreds when he got on the plane too. So that could have been oh, wow. part That's of the reason. That's crazy. Yeah, it's always weird. Like when you meet people, celebrities, like you're like, you're just another person. But yet I see you on TV all the time, but you're just another person. It's weird. You're almost in like a Twilight Zone type. Deal. Yeah, especially one more, one more thing, especially because Brad Paisley, when he came, he had just got done with the concert. Um, that they were doing in Lubbock at the United Spirit Arena or the Supermarkets Arena or whatever the hell they call it now. And um, he had just got done with it, but he had already dressed down, I guess. So most of the time, man, and maybe I'm just not great with faces, but like he showed up and I didn't think, I thought that was one of his roadies. Like I didn't actually think it was him. Like because he just, you know, without a hat on and without the get up. With just like a t-shirt and he was like in t-shirt and shorts and flip-flops what he was in. It was like, I couldn't tell who he was. He wasn't wearing a hat or anything. And then after we started talking, it's like, oh yeah, that's Brad Paisley. I could tell by the nose. It's like, dang. Okay. It's pretty, pretty insane. But, um, ended up getting fired from that job. So that was fun. But that's a story for another day. Story for another day, man. Well, as you guys know, I worked in the grocery business for a while before I jumped back into ministry. And, of course, you know, you always got to deal with people like uh, stealing and all that good stuff. It doesn't matter what part of town you're on, whatever. So I was I was at a store. Uh, it was called the Parkway Store off of Parkway Avenue. And, I mean, I guess it was kind of in the hood, but, like, it, it just had a bad reputation. Honestly, the store itself and the people itself was pretty good. Like, they were fine. Can I interrupt for just a second? I would say it's more... 
it's more like a low income area. Like I wouldn't necessarily say it's the hood, but it's not necessarily like there's not a lot of money there. I think is what it is. No, there's not. There really is no hood in Lubbock because there are no project houses. I don't think so. Uh, not that I know of. That, that I'm aware of. But anyways, so I worked at this place called Parkway, and of course, um, you know, I went there every day, and it was it was fine. But there was this one day where like I, me, and my my boss were just kind of minding our own business and the meat market manager, he like rings us over the red line. So like, you know, the intercom system that they call people over the phone, like and, called you over the bat phone. Huh? Yeah. So, so you can actually call people like on that phone in the other store and you can like talk to them. So he calls us and he's like, Hey, this guy is about to like, this guy put a whole bunch of, like steaks and stuff down his pants and like he's trying to steal them he's trying to walk out right so the policy is is that you can't grab them or can't say anything to them until they walk out the door so so meat market manager is like standing up there at the front of the front of the door all that good stuff and like me and my boss are standing up there and i'm like crap like we're gonna have to confront this guy whatever so the meat market manager wasn't that bright, and before the guy even gets out of the door, he's like, "Hey, like, he's like, I know that you put, uh, put steaks like in your pants, all that stuff. I know you got them." And the guy, but like, he kind of confronts him to where like the guy like squares up, and then the meat market manager squares up, and I'm like, "Oh crap! Like, we're gonna have to fight today." <laughs> like, I was like, "Please, like, let's just not fight today." And and uh. The guy was like, let me out the door. Da, 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 da. And the meat market manager was like, no, not until you give us like the steaks. <laughs> I just remember being like, okay, bro, we totally should have, we totally should have waited for this guy to get out of the door. And then we could have like cop style could have like wrestled him to the ground. We could have done that and we would have been fine. And so, um, so, but like, no, he's squaring up and then like all this stuff. And I'm just like, crap, it's going to fight. And the guy finally takes the steaks, like, and dumps them and, like, throws them at the meat market manager and, like, runs off. And, like, we don't go chase them or anything like that because, number one, that's stupid. Number two, um, like, I guess we got what we wanted, right? So then this, fast forward to maybe, like, six months later, this was actually at one of the nicer high-end stores on the rich part of town. I remember I just get, like, a call and here's the thing like nobody nobody said like i man, i need a manager to market street da, 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 da. i need a manager here they kept calling a certain manager's name and i just thought oh well they need him so normally if they say hey we need a manager over here that's like okay like you're supposed to go over there so then all of a sudden like people tell me like hey you need to go help our manager wes because this guy is like stealing da, da, da. so i'm taking off and like uh in the parking lot like Wes is like kind of like wrestling with this guy who just stole beer. And I'm like, oh crap. So I got to get Wes and all this, all this guy. So like, and Wes is kind of a big dude. So I have to like, make sure like nobody's getting hurt. And like, we finally get this guy and we can detain him. And so the guy like peed on himself and we're like, oh crap, bro. You just peed on yourself. And so like, I got him, like I got him, like there's like four or five of us like around this guy. And, like, I got him. I got him with, like, his hands behind his back. And, like, Wes is kind of, like, leading him in the front. And I I just remember I'm, like, you know what? I'm going to stand right, like, right behind him. So, in case he tries to boulder or anything, I can kick his kneecaps in. Like, <laughs> kick him in the back of the knees. 
and he can fall down. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. When Chris was going through the Explorer program, uh, he would try the moves on me, kicking the dude's kneecaps out. I'm, I could tell you, as a big guy, it hurts. It don't matter how big or small that other dude is. If you're getting hit behind the kneecaps, you're going down. Like, there's nothing you can do about that. But anyways, You're go going. Ahead. So we get him into the security office, and, for like, he's sitting in the chair. And I don't know why, but, like, so Wes is, like, filling out all the paperwork. We're waiting on the cops to come. And, like, everybody else just decides to be, like, cockroaches whenever you turn the lights on. They just disappear. So I'm, like, so it's just me and Wes and this guy. And this guy's pretty big in here. And Wes has his back turned to him. And he's, like, typing up the report, all that stuff, calling the police. And I remember, like, me and this guy just, like, locked eyes. And, like, we didn't say anything, but I could tell in his in his eyes, he was like, man, I'm about to deck this kid in the face and, like, make a run for it, right? He had that and, wily look in his eyes. He had that wily look in his eyes, and I, I could tell what he was thinking. And, like, I didn't say anything, but, like, I gave him, like, a stern looking back, like, don't you even freaking try it. Like, don't even do it. And I could tell he knew that, like, I knew what he was thinking. Uh, and he just kind of, like, backed down and all that stuff. Because, like, he was kind of, like, angry in his face. But then when I gave him that look and everything, like, his face kind of changed. Uh, and was like, yeah, he wasn't going to do anything. Because other people had gotten decked in the face before at other stores over lesser things by people that were trying to steal. So it was wild. So the cops came. And they like took him to jail and all that stuff because he stole beer and yeah, dude, it it was just it was wild, man. Like you wouldn't think you'd have to deal with that kind of stuff, but like I'm glad I didn't have to deal with anything like that at night. I wanted to ask you this too. So I had to do this before when we worked at Boot Corral. Did you chase anybody out the door there? Oh heck, no! I wasn't ever gonna chase anybody. I only chased someone if another manager instigated the chasing first. Because to be honest, dude, I wasn't really paying attention that much to people that that stole. But, like, they they would normally put it, like, on the radar. Like, oh, yeah, this person already stole. I completely understand. I got a bonus story, and we're going to wrap this segment up. But um, when I was at Boot Corral, only reason I said that is because I only did one time where I chased somebody out the door. And it was because, um, if you remember old Mr. Sammy, Mr. Bishop over there, he um, – there had been somebody who tried to steal, and he this guy was like a big football player, and he tackled the crap out of somebody in the front parking lot, and like it was a whole thing, and everybody in the store talked about it. And me at this age, I was uh, – how do I put this? Would you, would you say I was an attention hoe still at that age, Christopher? Yeah, so guess what? Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, next time somebody steals something, like – I'm a I'm a I'm gonna be the guy who because I was playing football at the time too. And I was like I'm gonna be the guy that tackles the crap out of him in the front parking lot and get talked about, right? And so, um, it was actually one of my customers, and I knew what had happened because, um, I went into the boot rows like this guy left really abruptly. He's like, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna take him, and I go into the boot row because it looked like he was wearing the boots that he was trying on. And so I went into where he was trying on the boots, and sure enough, like, his old boots were, like, in the boot row. So, like, he was wearing, like, the brand new ones and was, like, walking out the door with them at the same time. So, bro, I thought, this is my chance. I'm going to tackle the crap out of him, <laughs> right? And so I take off running towards the front door, 
and I get out to the parking lot. He's already out in the parking lot. He turns around and sees me running for him, and he takes off running, and he's got kind of a, a decent head of steam on me, I guess, and there's a Best Buy around the corner, and we ran all the way to the Best Buy, and finally he like I started gaining on him a good bit and finally like he stopped and turned and looked at me and took the boots off his feet like threw them at me and like t- kept running and I just took the boots and went back <laughs> did they st- they still had the security tags on him no he he tore them off he had something on him take them off cuz the you know where he had put the other security tags on he put them on his old boots like he literally slubbed them through the that's how I knew he stole them too cuz like he'd pop the tab you can tell like, dang. So, pretty pretty crazy times. Um, but after that, I remember getting a stern talking to it. It's like, yeah, never run after anybody. It's like, it's like oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, he could have had a gun. He could have popped you. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, it could. it's not worth it anyways. Uh, all right, man. I'm good to move to our next segment if you are. Yeah, let's do it. Crazy jobs, man. Crazy jobs. I'm glad we don't have to do those anymore. But, yeah, man, our next segment is the Jelly Donut. And you know what? We really haven't been doing the jail report here lately, and we're not going to do it again this week. <laughs> so, oh, you know well, maybe it's just going to change up to something else. I guess so, man. You know what's interesting? I'm actually just – I kind of took the liberty of making this kind of another donut hole, and uh, we're going to do a movie review, except it's a bad movie review. You know, Chris, I actually watched a movie here lately. Oh, yeah? Which one was it? Uh, you're going to laugh. Uh, it was Agent 47, the movie about, you know – Hitman, Agent 47. Oh, yeah, I could have told you that. Was yeah, good. but you know what, man? So, as you know, I watched the one from, when was it, like 2007 with Timothy Oliphant. And, you know, back then, it was cheesy and goofy. But even to this day, I still find that movie kind of weirdly nostalgic. It has nothing to do with the video game. And the video game Hitman is all about being stealthy. These movies are nothing about being stealthy. It's about going in guns a blazing. I don't know what it is. Um, the previous movie was pretty cheesy. This one was just plain. It was probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life, Christopher. I'm, I'm just going to tell you that right now. What made I'm it horrible? Was it the storyline? Was it the I'm acting? I'm going to tell what you. Was... It was the storyline and the acting. But I'm going to tell you the storyline. We're going to go through it just briefly. And we're going to point out some of the BS with this, okay? So, first off, we start off with this movie. And they talk about this agent program that they used to have. And how it had been shut down. And how there was this doctor, Dr. Levinko, this Ukrainian doctor who is... Wait, time out, time out, time out. Is this supposed to be a sequel, a prequel, or just a side story? You don't know yet, and I still don't know. Okay, sorry. Continue. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's affiliated in any way. I think it's a standalone. Um, like it. It, it plays to some of the. Uh, anyways, we'll we'll talk more about that. So it's talking about the agent program, how it was shut down, and this Doctor Levinko. Then it goes to this woman, and it's apparent she has like extrasensory perception because she's seeing like okay, I can see what's going on within walls and all this other weird stuff. And so she could tell somebody's being like um, slapped around in an apartment, like upstairs in this other building. So she runs up there and like saves them and like calls the cops and like whatever. Right. And it was, it's kind of like this weird scene where it's like, okay, you're having this weird vision that you could see somebody's getting assaulted way the heck up here. And so you saved them. Okay. Um, 
then it goes to Agent 47, the main protagonist, the hitman. And basically in all the movies and in the in the video game, you know, he's you have to open the laptop and there's a person, Diana, and it's like, here's your next two targets kind of thing. And it points to that girl that just uh, saved, you know, the people in the apartment that has extrasensory protection. It's like, yep, that's your next target. And oh, by the way, this guy from the syndicate, which is apparently, and they don't really explain this well, but you kind of gather it over time. It's like, oh, it's a, it's kind of a rival hitman organization called the syndicate, and they're sending one of their operatives over there. So you need to get there before he, before he does get the information, then kill her. But it's like not really clear what's going on, right? So you'll think this is funny. So the girl is out in public, right? And the rival agency, the syndicate guy, who is played by, um, oh, what's his name? It's the dude who played Spock in all the new Star Trek movies. Zachary Quinto, I think is his last name. Oh. Yeah, okay. so, like, he comes out there, and he's like, he's like, yeah, you need to trust me because, um, and you got to think, this girl is, has no clue what's going on. And he comes to her and goes, hey, um, you need to come with me because somebody's trying to kill you. And, you know, I'm going to save you. And it's like, what do I have to trust you? And the syndicate guy is like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to call him Spock because it's funnier to say Spock. Spock from syndicate goes, yeah, you either come with me or you die pretty much. And at the same time, he points like the hitman out of the crowd, right? And then the hitman starts shooting at him, misses, and there's this whole scene um, where they're like running away from him and trying to kill him and of course she's like why is he trying to kill me and he's explaining like well your father was um you know had this program that built these super agents and was like explaining this and then you link together okay that doctor from the beginning and this chick that's what's going on here come to find out the the gal was trying to find the doctor her dad the entire time because she'd been abandoned at childhood and so the syndicate operator was like, what do you know about your dad? And she's like, well, I have this whole like vision board about like his whole life and where I'm trying to track him down. Essentially they're trying to track him down too. Right. And so they go back to an apartment and old Spock with the syndicate says, Hey girl, I want you to tell me, show me everything you got about your dad and to try to help, figure out where he's at. So they're in the apartment doing that. Then 47 comes in and kills the syndicate guy and kidnaps the girl like mid go while they're talking about where this, where this guy's at. And so 47's in the car and is like, you should trust me because, um, you know, I, I would have killed you in all these other situations if I really wanted to, but I didn't. So you should trust me based on that. And it's like, Okay, and then she's like, oh, well, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> it's like, what? Hold on. You know, this other guy's been telling you, hey, I've been, you know, this guy's trying to kill you. He's actively been trying to shoot you, you know, in certain situations. He shot the other guy that was seemingly trying to protect you, and now she's in this other car like, okay, sure, yeah, you're here to protect me. So they start going off together, 
And 47 and his girls start talking, and it's like, yeah, we were part of the same program. Come to find out all these visions and extrasensory perceptions were because she was a part of that Hitman program back in the day, and she's a pre-programmed agent herself, but has just been in hiding and didn't know it. And so pretty much um, it's like we were part of the same program, and then basically tells her that, you know, her dad was the head of the program, and he's like, what I need to do is I need to start training you uh, to, to hone in your perception at 47 says this, like, I, I need to train you so that you can have this, you know, hone in this extrasensory perception. And then how he does that is he straps her to a chair and turns on a jet engine. It's like escape. Like that's the stupid stuff about this movie. It's like, really, you're going to strap her to a chair in front of a jet engine. And like the whole scene is sitting there and it takes like you know, maybe a minute for her to get off and this engine is going full blast. Like, bro, you would have been sucked up and dead. Like, don't go there with me. Anyways, um, so then she's just like, oh, trusting and everything. And then she's like, oh, she doesn't say like with my vision powers, but I'm just, I'm just paraphrasing. But she's like, now with my vision powers, now that they're tuned in, I know where my dad is all of a sudden. He's in Singapore. And they're like, and 47 is like, oh, well, that's the syndicate's headquarters. So he's hiding in plain sight. That's so smart. And it's like, yeah. And he goes to the the flower garden every Monday morning at 9, or I think it was every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. And I'm sitting here going, hold on. So this man is hiding in plain sight at the syndicate's headquarters. And already in this movie, they had shown how they had had all the like cameras tapped and how they can like tell you know, basically with AI technology, the syndicate can tell where you're at based on your face and like movements and stuff. And it's like, so you telling me he's been hiding in the same town that y'all have, you know, the bad guys have their headquarters and they haven't noticed all these years. Like, cause it had been like, I don't know, 15, 20 years since they had stopped this program. And I'm sitting here going, that don't make no daggum sense. But then it gets crazier, Christopher. Like we ain't done yet. So then... They say, let's fly to Singapore. So they go out to Singapore, Horn 47. They find the dad, of course, at the Orchid Garden at 9 a.m. And they have the whole, you know, emotional thing where it's like, why did you abandon me? You know, the girl's like, why did you abandon me? And it's like, it was for your own good so that they wouldn't come for you and that typical crap, right? Well, then here comes old syndicate Spock. I know we thought he got shot, right? Nah, he came back and now is fighting 47. And it's like, what? You know, and then dad goes, oh, yeah, he's got, uh, they injected, like, a bulletproof serum into his skin so, like, he can't be killed with bullets. So, my question is, if he couldn't be killed with bullets and he got shot and, like, nothing happened to him, why did he lay there dead and let you take the girl, like, in that scene? I don't understand. Because, like, 47 tried, when he first showed up, 47 tried to shoot him a couple times and he just basically deflected him. So I'm going, okay, then why did that... How was he even able to kidnap her in the first place if he's got this serum in his skin? Anyways, so they fight. 47 and the girl end up getting away, but they take the dad. Like, they take Dr. Levenko. So they take him, and they start torturing him and doing all this other stuff, trying to get, like, the answer to how to make an agent. And so, of course, the girl and 47 are like, okay, how are, how are we supposed to do this? Then it's revealed, oh, yeah, you're 47's brother. Like, the girl is 47's brother, and she's two times better than any agent, so she's Agent 94. I'm like, what the? F 
f is this? Um, at this point, I'm just like, you're so far in it, you're just like, this this has got to get better at some point. But it doesn't. And so what ends up happening, they're like, okay, the only way that we can get the dad back, like your dad back, our dad back, is we have to go to the syndicate's headquarters and kill the, the main guy who's in a locked office 24 hours a day, and when he moves, he has a security detail of, like, 14 people and blah 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 like, super secure, right? Like, nobody's, all these agents have tried to kill him, and nobody can, and blah, 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 blah. And whenever, um, whenever the Dr. Levinko got kidnapped, like, 47 had slipped him an inhaler beforehand because he has lung cancer. That'll play into it in a little bit. Anyway, so what ends up happening is they try to storm the building. 47 turns on old girl uh, that he's been helping the whole time, his sister, and says, you know, tells the president of the syndicate, hey, this is actually the agent that you want. If you want to know how to make a perfect agent, it's actually her, and I'll trade you. And this guy who's in the super secure office and everything, the syndicate leader, he literally, you know what he says? You know what? I'll meet you on the helipad. It's like, are you serious? You're all super secure and have all these people around you and everything, but you're going to meet in the helipad. You're going to leave your office and meet in the helipad. So then what happens is um, instead, 47 crashes the helicopter. It's It goes magically into the office where the the leader... You know, and the dad are like headed up to the helipad and they're going to take off. Now 47 and old girl is like fighting everybody. They're actually on the right side. It was all a ruse so that they could actually get in the building and get him out of his office. But then here's old syndicate Spock over here one last time. It's time for a last battle with him. And you know how they killed his behind? You, you, you remember fiber wire, right? Like they take this wire and choke him. They took that wire, choked him, and shoved it into an electrical socket and electrified him. And that's how he died. And they, they wanted me to buy that. that that's how he went. This, anyways. <sighs> so there was that. And then, pretty much 47 and the girl be killing, killing, killing. And they get all the way to the roof just in time for the helicopter to lift off. And, you know, the dad. And then, you know, of course, the girl's like, no, my dad, you know. And... And, of course, the inhaler ends up being a bomb, and he hits the button, blows up the helicopter, and the final scene was 47 just going, he did what he had to for his children. And as they're walking off, another hitman comes up in the elevator, opens the door, they start shooting at each other, and that was the credits. I'm telling you, Christopher, that was probably the stupidest movie I've ever been through in my entire life. It sounds life. like they had a good... It sounds like they had a good idea, but they just didn't execute it. Because as you're telling it to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this sounds like probably a decent storyline for a movie. But, like, all the continuity issues and, like, the uh, probably just unbelievability of it was probably just not sold very well. So it sounds like they maybe had a good idea for a movie, but it just wasn't executed. You know, very and well. they, they were trying to capture almost that futuristic esque, but for me, it was like, you know, old girl, they really oversold the fact that she had this extrasensory perception. Like, it was to the point where she could tell where she made mistakes in the past based on her perception. And there was, like, this whole scene where her going around the whole... You know how we play Grand Theft Auto and we 
have to like avoid the cameras in heist and stuff like that. They had a whole scene with her avoiding the cameras in an airport. Um, and it was like, she could see around the corner and can tell what way the camera was facing before she came, like went around there. There was stuff like that. But then there was also things like they had this whole fight at a subway station and this, the subway's coming. Right. And 47 does this limbo maneuver and lets the, the train go over him. I'm like, bro, have you seen a subway track? Like, there ain't no laying under it. Like, you're dead. Like, you're done. Like, there's no... Like, that thing... You're supposed to just suspend disbelief. It's a fictional world. You're just supposed to suspend... Uh, yeah, I know, man. It's... it's It was just it was just really, really... But no really... lie, though, I, I do think through, like, writing and continuity issues, like, because I was watching another movie... Where, like, have you ever seen the internship yes. with Vince Vaughn yeah, and I have. Owen Wilson? Yeah, I have. So I, was, so I was watching it, and you know that scene, like, where it's the very end, and they're about to announce who won, and then, like, they come in, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, uh, and they're coming in, and everyone's, like, partying, and, and they're just, like, throwing pizza into the crowd. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, everyone's getting excited for a slice of pizza, yeah. and then I'm like, I'm like, did they close more accounts? Because if it was just this it's one, like they're going out of business. I don't think they're gonna win. <laughs> yeah, like and then and then at the very end, like they get the jobs, but they don't tell us like what their job is gonna be right. like, at Google. And I'm like, right. so so it's just gonna end here. Like we we don't know what their job's gonna be. So it's stuff like that in movies where I'm always like, um, like where where's the continuity? Or like that doesn't make sense because two seconds ago you said this, like. I don't know. I'm one of those people. Um, last last bit on that, and we'll move to the next segment. Um, one that I'm just not forgiving about whenever I was a kid, there was a continuity issue. Uh, do you remember that movie Kangaroo Jack? That goofy that goofy movie with Kangaroo Jack? What was with Anthony? What's his face in it, right? Um, Anthony Anderson, before he was like real popular. Um, and the guy that played Mr. Sir was in there too. What was that guy's name? That yeah, John Voight. There you go. Um, so the biggest continuity issue, and I remember walking away from the movie theater as a kid being like, what the heck? The very opening scene of that, they're like in a big chase, like Anthony Anderson and the, the main character, right? And they're in a big chase with the police and everything, and they barely get away, and they're able to hide, and they're able to get away. And... I'm sitting here, once they come back, you know, the police was involved and you'll have to watch the movie and everything. But I just remember a bunch of people got arrested at the end and everything and all the bad people get arrested. And I'm like, why didn't they get arrested too? And I remember the people I was... Yeah, I always think of like, oh yeah, how is this person going to walk away without having to serve some jail It's time just like, bro, they were straight... Anything like They that. were straight up robbing... Because the whole thing was they had robbed a place and they were taking it to like the safe warehouse and the cops followed them there and that was the whole thing is like you guys screwed up for the last time. That was like the whole premise of the movie. So it's like they committed a full armed robbery, but yet at the end of the movie, it's like, nah, y'all are fine. We got who we really wanted. It's these guys, not you guys. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, man. So next segment we're going to do is the donut hole. Man, so we're going to do something kind of random, except it's a quiz. Um, and some of these you're going to know. Some of these you're going to not. This is also going to, this is for me to plug my new uh, mini show last week in aviation. So we're going to have a little bit of an aviation quiz, man. But it is going to be, hey, 
it's going to be the codes of airports. How how well do you think you're going to do on airport codes? Like, what do you mean? Like, the abbreviations of them? Yeah, so, like, if you're flying oh, somewhere... Oh, yeah, I might be able to do good. Okay, yeah, let's see, let's see what happens. All right, man, so we're going to start off with a few softball questions here. Um, and I would explain it, but it might give away some of the answers here, so don't want to do that. But, so, the very first one, um, ATL. Do I even need to say? It's Atlanta. There you go, man. I was like, do you, do you want me to say the Hartsville Jackson option? Airport. Hartsville Jackson, to be specific. There you go. All right, here's the next one. Um, and I'm going to say the full name. You can say the short name, but the full name for this is K-A-G-S or A-G-S. So, like... A G S. So, is it Charlotte, North Carolina, Dallas, Texas, Akron, Ohio, or Augusta, Georgia? It's Augusta, Georgia. Bushfield. I to figured you'd know that. Bushfield, and it's I. When I first moved there, I thought it was named after George Bush. It's not named after your mom. Just kidding. Ooh. I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um. All right, so the next one, this one's a little weird. I don't know if you're going to get it, man. So it is MSY. And is MSY, is that Detroit, Kansas City, New Orleans, or Minneapolis? Um, uh, Detroit. It is actually New Orleans, Louisiana. Isn't that a weird... Isn't that weird? MSY. I have no clue why they did MSY for New Orleans, Louisiana. But, yeah, that's one of the weird ones out there that just kind of doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's something in French. Yeah, who knows? Um, all right, so the next one. D-E-N. Is that Detroit? Denver. Yeah. You, Denver, Colorado. You got it. It's it's Denver. All right, the next one. You're going to know this, but I want to run through the whole option list. Just Just because. So, LBB, is that Lovkin, Texas? Is that Lenox Junction, Vermont? Is that Lubbock, Texas? Or Lincoln, Nebraska? Uh, Lubbock, Texas. It is Lubbock, Texas. I would hope you know that one. And this one, you'll definitely know because uh, you've been delayed here a few times. It's DFW. What, what, what is that with Chris? Dallas-Fort Worth, unfortunately. Yeah, you know that one all too well. All too well. All right, so the next one. Um, DTW. Is that Detroit? Is that San Diego? Is that Seattle? Or is that Fort Lauderdale, Florida? Oh, jeez. Uh, Detroit? It is. DTW is Detroit, Michigan. And any guess on what the W is? Worldwide? Close. Actually, so you know how Atlanta is Hartsfield-Jackson International? Uh, Detroit is Wayne, so Detroit Wayne International, so DTW. This one's another weird one, man. Uh, do your best guess. MCI, MCI. Ooh. Is that Miami, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Kansas City, Missouri, or Minneapolis, Minnesota? Ooh, that's gonna because I know MCO is Orlando. Uh, what? So you said my? Yeah, you it said is. Miami. Myrtle Beach, um, Kansas City, or Minneapolis. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Minneapolis. It is actually Kansas City, Missouri. It's MCI. I don't know why they did MCI for Kansas City, but that's another one of those weird one. Maybe it's Missouri, uh, Missouri County, or 
some I don't know. Yeah, there's no there's no tellings. All right, the very last one. And if you can get this one, man, I will be very, 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 very proud of you. Um This is I A D. I A D. And that is uh would that be Washington DC Ronald Reagan? Washington DC Dulles? Baltimore International Airport in Maryland or Tri Cities Airport in Pennsylvania? Uh, I'm gonna say Dulles, Washington D.C. Dulles. Yeah, man, you're correct. IAD is Washington D.C. Dulles Airport. So yeah, man. Uh, Do you know what? You know what IAH yeah, is? Yeah, it's Houston. George Bush Intercontinental. What about uh, Bobby? I mean, Hobby in- Airport. That's H O U. I got another one for you. You know what Love Field in Dallas is? Uh, LBW, I don't... That's, uh, it's just D-A-L. <laughs> like Dallas, yeah. Oh, is yeah, it really? Just like Dallas. Oh, yeah, it is. But, yeah, huh? man, you did pretty good. Like, I, I threw you a few wrenches with New Orleans at MSY and Kansas City at MCI. I don't know. They're very, very off on that. Very off on that. But, yeah, man, did a pretty good job. Um, I think you've flown a few of these places and, and know what the airport codes are. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I always look at it whenever I have to book. But, yeah, man, I'll just say this. If you're looking for a uh, five- to ten-minute show every Monday morning, every Monday morning like we drop ours, um, it's Last Week in Aviation. We talk about what happened last week in aviation. So, check it out. All right, Chris, you ready to move to our next segment? Man, we're going to surf on past since we've been talking and talking and talking and talking. We'll surf past a couple of segments here, and we're just going to go straight to our positive advice, man. And I think you started last week, so I'll do this week. Um, tell you what, it's very, very easy to get lost in some things, but one thing that is very easy to happen, especially for myself, um, is when people start treating you funny, understanding that it's – and looking at it as, yes, there could be something that is – with you that they don't like. But most of the time, what I'm coming to understand is it's actually the other person's problem. And it's actually the other person who's having either a perception problem or having problems with themselves or not happy with themselves. And so they want to project it onto you. And so what's really, really hard and you know, it, it could manifest itself in a, a bunch of different ways, right? Uh, you doing a good job at work and somebody who's been slacking, you make that person look bad because you've done such a good job. So now what are they going to do? They're going to hate on you, right? Same thing with uh, people getting jealous over anything you have in life. You're married, have kids. People want those things, right? And if they don't have them, what are they going to do? Even if it's subconsciously, sometimes they're going to try to pull you down and they're going to try to do different things. And so a lot of times be aware and be perspective of what people are actually trying to do. And is it really you? Because I'll tell you this much. There's been so many times where I've been convinced that is me. And I've tried to work on myself a ton, but it ended up not being me at all. And it's been the other person having a problem and projecting those problems onto myself. So, you know, just keep an eye out for those things, work on the things you need to work on. But if you have those people in your life, um, just, Love them through what they're what they're going through, but also don't take that on yourself. Exactly, and that's why I wear sunglasses so I can block out the haters. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> All right, mine is uh, it's more like a leadership thing, but um, sometimes in like leadership, whether you're managing um, an organization or whatever you're doing, sometimes it can be easy to think of people just as pieces that you move on a chessboard and be like, oh yeah, like I'm just gonna move these pieces here to make like the organization work. And more than just moving people into positions just to fill the positions, man, put people where like they are good at certain things. So like if you know someone is really good at administrative things, like put them in an administrative role. Don't put them in like a like in front of people. They're not going to like that too much. Or if someone is like really good at like talking or being in front of people, don't put them in a like a desk job where all they're doing is just administrative stuff. So like it's important to put people in their positions. Uh, that's going to help them feel fulfilled. Now there's always things about our jobs that we don't like, or things that we have to do that are not necessarily our strengths, but it's stuff that we have to do. But if you can take as many of those things um, that someone hates and delegate them to somebody that loves that kind of stuff, like your team is going to be better off and your, uh, your organization is going to function better when you put people in the right slots, not just filling positions. And that's sometimes why, you're like, oh yeah, Susie is doing horrible at her job. Well, maybe like maybe Susie is a bad worker, but maybe Susie is just not like in the right seat. Like maybe if she was in a different seat, maybe she would thrive. So like finding those seats where people can thrive and putting them in them. So yep, that's all I got, man. Putting people putting people in the best positions to be successful for themselves. And for yeah, you. everybody wins. Like Michael Scott says, it's a win-win-win. And it's a win because I've successfully mediated a conflict at work. Um, <laughs> there you right. go. Yeah, but Micah said to check out the YouTube video uh, last week in av- aviation. It's all aviation news, so make sure y'all go yeah, check Yeah, man, it out we're going to have YouTube. our episode two coming out. Um, in fact, it'll be out when we're talking about it right now. So if you're listening to us and you want to listen to something else, a little five, ten minutes short, go for it, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, man, we've been appreciating all the love and support that we've been getting all around the world, man. Um, I I love, I love when we log in and, you know, we have the feature when we shout y'all out, it's because we, we, we are able to see where everything is at. It's amazing. Every time we log in, seeing new places pop up and, uh, getting to be heard by all you guys and having fans out there is really, really amazing. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. You know what future said? What's that? I don't want to give the wrong impression, but we giving out love and affection. He didn't really say that, but he said, I need love and affection. And affection. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know. Something just triggered that core memory in my brain, and I just felt like I had to say that. But yeah, we love all those that are listening, of course, internationally and stateside. It's crazy to think that there are people in other countries listening to us, but we love all of our listeners, and we love. Uh, all the aviation community. I don't understand you and your weird obsession, but I can ex- I can respect. That's it. okay. Y'all can stay for me. I understand you. I am one of you, and then eventually you will accept me as your aviation king. And it's okay. It's coming. No, I'm joking. Are you trying? To, are you trying to crown yourself as no, the aviation news king? Not at all. Not at all. There's. Listen, there are other people out there that are way, way more in it than me. Um, believe it or not. Um, I'm, I'm pretty, I wouldn't say I'm casual at it, but you know, there, there's, you could be the, you could be the aviation prince or the aviation Duke 
or the aviation or the Dutch of aviation. You could be that. This is a total joke, but can I be the aviation Nigerian prince scamming people of their money? No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> sure, man. Whatever floats your boat. No, I'm just kidding. But hey, you know it's been a it's been a great episode, and um, man, it time just flies. It's one of those things, you know. Want to keep on talking? I could do a, you know, if it wasn't a ton of work, I could do a three hour podcast talking wise. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, uh, I think it's time to uh, take this donut box out to the trash with some Jefferson Starship. I'm Chris, and I'm Micah, and this is the Donut Box Podcast.